for joining us on Sister Sister, a podcast where two sisters talk story about food, fitness, life, and everything in between. I'm Leanne Watanabe, your Honolulu personal trainer, potting with you out of Honolulu, Hawaii. And I am Shara Mills, wife, mother, believer, potting out of Seattle, Washington. Welcome, welcome. I love that. Wife, mother, and what did you say? Believer. Yes. So today we are going to talk about motherhood and feeling overwhelmed. And gang, I, Deshera is the perfect guest to talk about this topic. If you know, I am a fur mom, no real human kids, um, but... I have seen Shara, who, as you may know, is my baby sister, just make such a radical transformation in in such a short amount of time, just as shy of a few years with all this change she had to go through from being you know, single, ready to mingle, to a Navy wife, and now a tot- toddler mom uprooted from her roots in Kaneohe, or rather Kahalu, Hawaii, now living in Seattle. So much radical change in such a short amount of time. And I, being the bigger sister, have seen just amazing things from you, Cher. I'm so proud of you. So, you know, I had a call last night with a client because I do weekly check-in calls with my clients. And my client, who has two small kids, she had said, you know, Leanne, I am just super overwhelmed with being a parent right now. And uh, she was very honest about saying, you know, she felt very bad or guilty about saying that, but she realizes that, you know, it's getting out of hand. And I said, well, you know, what's happening at home? And she said, you know, I called my husband the other day and I was like, hey, honey, can you get more wine at the grocery store? And he said, hey, I thought we just bought like three bottles on Friday, you know, just, you know, three or four days before this. And she said, it turned out, yeah, they had just bought some wine and she had pretty much just drank the three bottles um, because she realized when she actually sat down and thought about it, that it was becoming a bad habit, her nightly ritual. So gang, if you know about habit and habit change, we have to work with, you know, what is the environment that's leading you to do this thing, this habit you want to change? So I said, you know, walk me through your your nightly ritual so she said well at first i get the kids to bed and i rush them really quick through their night routine you know put on their jamma jammies brush their teeth so that i can be done as quickable as done as quick as possible then i fly downstairs to the kitchen and i grab out the bottle of wine and i pretty much you know maybe i pour my husband one glass but i pretty much polish off that bottle of wine in that single night all by myself so she said, you know, I really had to take a hard look at my what I was doing. And I definitely know I have a history with emotional eating. And so when I thought about it, I have linked it to this being overwhelmed right now by being a mom with COVID. And, you know, we're still waiting. Kids are supposed to be get back, you know, getting back to school in person. But the Hawaii COVID cases are rising and I'm just kind of super stressed out. So I had thought, you know, we worked through that on our call, but, you know, Shara, I, 
I get that motherhood is stressful. Do you agree? I totally agree. It's overwhelming. <laughs> Nothing is in your control anymore. <laughs> Give us a little backstory. What is your son's name? Makai. How old is Makai? He is three years and some change. Three years, and he is just full of energy, so curious, all that stage, right? So I know that uh, because, hello, you're my sister, right? So you got pregnant, and then you, you guys moved to Seattle, where basically you have, nobody has any family there. Nope. We don't have any. No, no village to kind of tag team. So I know just through personal experience, because we're related, that there are a lot of situations that happen that were super stressful for you because Gordon was gone for a lot of your pregnancy when you moved to Seattle. That is correct. That is correct, yeah. right? So about how long was he gone? Um, he would be gone for like two to three months at a time. Um, two months on, two months off. Yeah, so that must be hard. I mean, I don't know, being pregnant and like no hubby to be like, go run late night. I have a ice cream craving or rub my feet because it's so swollen or can you pick that up off the floor because I'm having a hard time bend down. I would imagine maybe that was like, hard because you were sort of like half time pregnant by yourself or what do you think yes for the most part i was pregnant by myself and and so i threw myself into um doing re redoing our kitchen i repainted the kitchen i did i concreted the countertops even though as a pregnant woman, you shouldn't be using concrete because it's <laughs> or painting or painting. Watch out now. We're going to get all the matters. we're going to get all the mom haters out there about toxics for your baby. Um, so, right. So you kept yourself busy. Yes, I think that's a common theme for us in our in the Hernandez family is this big thing that we're calling emotional distraction, distracting ourselves from all the feels because we were kind of raised in an environment where you just kind of brush it under the rug where you know it's just like you don't shit happens to everybody you just got to figure it out yourself you're sort of like figure it out thrown to your wolves you know our parents weren't really capable of us going to them when we needed something i think from a very young age we had to kind of realize like shit we got to figure this out on ourselves. We got to figure out how we're going to survive, survive solo. So I think we have that in us, that tenacity, that, that witherall to kind of like dig deep and just push through. But I also feel like that could be, that's a bad thing because we do get caught up in all this sort of distraction so that we don't have to deal with the true, true emotions that are kind of percolating in our bodies, right? So I know right. we talked about this before and the, some of the things you had mentioned, you had you coping as a new mom, a part-time sort of single mom with Gordon being in the Navy, that you self-isolate? Yes. Can yep. you elaborate on more on that? Is that meaning like you don't do stuff, what? Well, um, in the military, you know, as a military wife, you have the option to go to FRG meetings and hang out with the other wives. And so the many times that I was invited, 
I I just I did not want to partake. Right. So I you just no... kind of stayed in your own little cocoon. Yes. Right. That okay. Self isolate. And then the second thing we just touched upon was distracting yourself. You mentioned earlier in our conversation, you busied yourself with being alone and feeling alone and pregnant by yourself when Gordon was gone through like home renovation projects. Yes. Right. And then what is another way? Like my mom that I talked to uh, yesterday, you know, her, her thing was a nighttime of like a glass of wine to unwind, to de-stress. But she had a, a good solid mindset to realize what she was doing and to give me a call so we could navigate it because she didn't want it to get up further out of hand. Yeah. So, I mean, is that something that you can relate to or? Um, at a certain point, I picked up smoking marijuana just because it was a way to unwind and relax. Um, I felt tense a lot of the times because I was anxious. My husband was gone or, he, you know, even though when he wasn't gone, he was at work and I just felt overwhelmed by the day. So that, that was something that I did to numb myself. So you used weed to sort of like numb yourself, to distract yourself from like emotions that you were to feeling? To stay present, to, to help me to stay present and to stay happy. <laughs> Isn't that funny how we say, we say that, we think that, right? We, and a lot of people we know, they, they will say something like that. Well, I smoke weed to stay present or to stay happy. But really, if we really look at it internally, it's sort of like us, in a way, numbing ourselves. Oh, definitely. Not... It's not tuning in, it's tuning out. Right. And gang, for listeners out there, you know, we grew up in a family where Pop smoked weed driving me to school, really. And I would be like, Dad, I'm going to third grade. I'm like, Dad, can you not smoke weed in the car? I don't want to go to school smoking weed. In our family, my dad was very open about his weed smoking, and he would always tell us it was a habit I started when I was young. It's very stupid, but I can't quit this habit. And if you ever want to feel like you need to experiment, I'd rather have you come to me first than you doing it with your friends. That was you know, gang, for the listeners, there's a big age gap. I'm 44. Shara is? I'm 29. 29. There's a big gap. So I'm talking from my experience with my dad, who basically had me when he was 18 and growing up where he was very open. In my eyes, being because he was very open with his weed smoking, I never felt the need to try to smoke weed. Never Smoked a joint, vape, nothing in my life. Although recently I did try an edible when we were in Vegas. I had to give it a try. <laughs> but I never had a, a desire to try or to hang with the people at school that did it just because I felt like my dad said it was a dumb habit. It's sort of like a drug. Why do I need to do it? If I really want to do it, I'll go to dad. And I never did. So... It's, it was very open, right? So very like, it's fine. So you smoked weed, like you said, to be happy to stay present, but you then realized it was it was making you more so too now. Yes. And I think a lot of people do this, right? Whether it's weed, 
alcohol, compulsive cleaning. I chose compulsive exercise. Unfortunately, we have family members that chose hardcore narcotics. It's, it's all sort of like the same when we're choosing behaviors that are not serving us in, in a positive way, right? But for us, when we're in it, it's just like you don't want to deal with the bad, sad, mad stuff. So you're like, this is way better than to be mad, sad, bad, right? Yes. So I know you had mentioned like, okay, some of your coping coping mechanisms initially as a young mom, single mom, was to self-isolate, was to distract yourself, to numb out, and then was to, you know, start smoking weed. So what was the turning point? Because I definitely have seen you through this growth process, and I've definitely been a first-hand eyewitness of the amazing transformation you have made in terms of just where you're at now. So I think what was the big game changer where I think a lot of our our listeners will be able to resonate with was their lady for like, when was that moment you knew like, was it one moment you knew that I was like, okay, I got to stop doing this. I got to stop this, this habit and I got to find a better habit. Was it a slow transition over time? You know, what was your personal experience to make the shift? For me, I believe it was like a slow transition over time. It didn't happen overnight. Um, I just saw how it affected my relationship with my son and with my husband. And it was all the things that I never wanted. Because looking back at my family and the way I grew up, I, I just noticed that I was pushing everybody that I loved, that loved me away. And I was bringing in new people who didn't really care about my well-being and what benefited me. And that's when I knew I was like, I'm better than this. Like I'm stronger than this. And just because I'm overwhelmed now, doesn't mean that I'm unworthy of something bigger. Right. I just have to go get it. (laughs) That's so, that's so profound. I think a lot of people you just touched upon, you know, there's so many correlations to things and this little bit of touch that you just had said that you're worthy we had started with you know how you use stuff to distract us from feelings and then we can wiggle it down and kind of touch upon like this this not feeling worthy and that could be that's going to be a whole nother podcast gang for another day but it's all connected ladies it's all connected So you had noticed, so give us some insight because I I know there's going to be hundreds of moms out there in the same boat. I mean, this is nothing extraordinary. This is very common. Moms, I mean, how many moms do you know that are doing Xanax, right, to cope with their mom day-to-day stuff? But so how did you, you had said you noticed that your relationship with your son and Gordon, your husband, was starting to be affected. Like in what what kind of ways? Like were you more angry? Were you more distant? Like what do you think? I believe I was just more short with my son and my husband. Um, I, I didn't really, I didn't communicate with my husband in the right ways. It was more lashing out. Um, as opposed to or accusing him of something 
as opposed to just telling him how I felt in that moment. Like I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling neglected. Um, and I need, I need your support in these ways. And I, I didn't know at that time, how do you ask for those things? Well, it's hard, I would imagine, to ask for support in your feelings when you're also numbing out your feelings through stuff like smoking weed, right? It's sort of like taking two steps forward, one step back, right? Your inside yearns for asking and reaching out for help and support and partnership and connection, yet you're also doing this thing that kind of numbs you out from seeking that support, right? Exactly. And a lot of people do that with food too. A lot of my clients do that where they feel guilt, shame, and unworthy of reaching out to me as their coach for help because they feel ashamed. So what they do is they continually either binge eat, emotional eat, nighttime eat to kind of numb all these feelings are going on. And so that's what I try really hard to tell my gals is this, is this is the key pivotal moment, right? When you feel those feelings, you're in the hole you have to find some kind of way, a grasp, a rope to get out so that you can reach for that help. And whether it's your spouse, your best friend, a family member, your coach, your therapist, to just make that first step, that leap, you'll realize that people want to help you. People want to listen and give you what you need, especially those that are around you. So I know you had mentioned that I think one of the more in your face kind of like I got to change was your tribe, right? Like I'm all about your vibe attracts your tribe. There's many of self-help gurus out there who kind of go about look at the six people you hang around with, the six people you spend the most time with, you're going to be like those people. I'm a 100% believer of that sort of saying, right? That's very true because it, it when it came to my son, it was his from age one to six are the most important years of his life. And that was another turning point where I was like, I need to serve him. I need to serve myself in the ways I want to serve him. And those first six years are going to be so crucial. He's going to be watching me. I am his role model, you know, especially because his dad is away so much. So he's, he's relying on me to be that person. So in a way, I guess your son was sort of like your, I don't want to say savior, but sort of like having him was, has kept you sort of like mindful about the impact that you have as a parent, as a role model, as an authoritative figure to this little person that's going to be his own person, right? Yes, and that's what I think is so beautiful, gang. Like, it gets, it gets me all cheery right now. Like, I don't even know why I'm getting emotional. But I think to see you as such a great mom, which was such a flip of the parents we had, it's just so amazing. Thank you. I appreciate And I that. commend you because I think people don't, really consider how serious it is 
to bring a child into this world. And the responsibility that is required of parents to mold and shape this amazing, beautiful human to grow and thrive and become its own amazing, you know, beautiful adult who will then go ahead and pass along that to his kids or her kids and so on and so forth, right? Generational. Generational. So it makes, it makes me so proud that, yeah, you have, you have, I can 100% say like you have broken that cycle, you know, and I think that is one of my, my regrets right now in terms of, you know, with not having the, my IUIs and IVF workout that I truly have this little space where I'm sad that I'm not going to be able to break that cycle because I know I would have, you know, like I know I would have, I know a hundred percent I would be like, fucking excellent mom <laughs> but you know leaving it out You're to the amazing <laughs> i'm leaving it out to the universe um because not dead yet universe but anyway so i think what our moms and people just in general struggling with overwhelm and anxiety who tend to either use food or drugs or alcohol or some other sort of crutch to kind of, you know, just survive day to day. I think we need to be able to leave them with a couple of things that they can do to help sort of get out of this hole that we talked about, right? Like it's this deep tunnel, this hole, and we they just need to they just need a little string to kind of get out of this hole, this one string that they can, you know, reach out to get some overhelp. I mean, what is the first thing that you think about when that maybe can help somebody that that you've, you know, uh, a strategy you've used that you feel someone else could possibly benefit from trying? Um, reaching out to someone that, that you can trust. Someone that's not going to judge you for your 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 mess ups. I love that support, support. Support. Just one person. I know a lot of people there. We don't have help. We don't have family. We don't have a support system. But gang, people do want to help other people. And if you truly don't have any people, I always tell my clients. I always tell my gals, go to therapy. Find a therapist. Therapy was the best investment I've made in myself. Um, and I'm so glad I started, you know, I started therapy when I was in college and been in, in an ongoing patient um, for decades now. And it is the most amazing process to go through to terms of having a unbiased person sitting in front of you to to give you props when you need props and to call you on your bullshit when you're serving up bullshit, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, so my tip would be, um, which a lot of my gals, I, they, it's, they, they're like the master of this. So this is my tip for them with overwhelming anxiety. They have to cancel some stuff off of their to-do lists. A lot of my clients have these really long to-do lists. 
And when we go over their to-do list, all of their to-dos on that list have nothing to do with themselves. It's always serving other people. There is no self-care on that to-do list. They literally forget to schedule themselves on their to-do list. And then what ends up happening? They have these to-do lists that go, you know, for seven days, 14 days, 21 days, and then they get burnt out. And I get a lot of throwback sometimes on this, like, I can't cancel this. I can't cancel the cleaners coming to the house. I can't cancel the kids' soccer practice. I can't cancel. I get it. I know you can't cancel stuff, right? But what I want you to realize is this go, go, go mentality that prioritizes productivity over rest, that's what's killing them. So the first thing I do is, of your to-do list, what is just one thing a day that we can remove? So a to-don't list. So literally I have my gals make a to-don't list. What are things can we put on that to-don't list that, you know, can can be pushed to the side, you know, that, and we don't schedule anything else in its place. We leave it wide open so that they can have a do nothing moment or a do nothing day. It starts with a to don't list. So we get them to have a to do nothing moment that will eventually build into a do nothing day. <laughs> And they look Listen at me. You're never, you never have a free And they look at me crazy. They're like, yeah, Leanne, the gal who doesn't have kids that can go to the gym for two hours, whatever. But it is a process and we start slow. But the and first it is possible. It is possible. You just have to prioritize it. You are in charge of your to-do list. So you Get are <laughs> you are you are also in charge of your to-don't list. What would be the third and final thing we can leave our listeners with today who are dealing with maybe motherhood overwhelm or overwhelming anxiety with work, relationships, goals? Sometimes you just got to walk away. Like, that's a big thing for me is I tend to keep talking and talking and then I, my voice gets louder and louder because <laughs> I'm a yeller. That's just naturally we're loud people. <laughs> So a big thing that my husband taught me this is be calm, walk away, Shara. Just put him in his room, walk away. He's like, hey, heck, walk away from me sometimes. You don't have to say anything. Just walk away. And that's the best advice I was ever given by my husband. See, <laughs> men are smart too, gang. Men are smart too. We just have to ask them their opinion sometimes. Um, yes, walk away, leave it, right? So if you have a goal or you have something that's stressing you out and it's, or you have something on that to-do list, right? Every day it's the same thing on that to-do list and every day you don't do it. Take that thing off your to-do list. Take it off, right? Like I had a client who was trying to write a book and she's been trying to write a book for years, years, years. And she finally came to me and she said, Leon, you know what? I'm not going to write this book. It's just... It's just not where I'm at right now. So we took it off for to-do list. So gang, don't overanalyze stuff, right? Sometimes when you're overwhelmed, you go straight into crisis mode. You start blaming yourself. What's wrong with me? Why can't I handle this? Especially moms. I feel like moms do a lot of mom self-blame. Like they say, I love being a mom, 
don't I? So why do I feel overwhelmed and anxious? I should feel proud and like super mom. And, you know, just we have to stop the spiral by remembering that everybody is just human. Parents, non-parents, men, women, young, old. We all get overwhelmed sometimes. But I want you to remember you're not alone, right? And we just right. gave great examples of how you're very in, in very, very good company. And so what we want to tell you is what you're experiencing is normal, right? And what Very else? Natural. Acceptable. And that it will pass. You have any final thoughts for our listeners, Cheryl? Hang in there. Keep going. Keep pushing forward. Right. And if you don't have a tribe, ladies, and you need some support, reach out to us. We can be your tribe. We're, we're here. We're here for you. We've been through it. We're two peas in a pod. Two peas in a pod. Well, thanks for listening, gang. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And we're going to figure out the topic soon. It's probably going to come up in one of our conversations. So stay tuned. If you like this episode, please let us know by leaving us a review or commenting. And if there is a particular subject you would like to listen to or hear about in regards to food fitness mom stuff navy wife stuff let us know have a great day gang aloha, aloha.